Good afternoon, morning, evening, night, whenever the hell you listen to us. This is Drunk Gushins, and we're your hosts. I'm Paul. I'm Connery. And this is a hell of a day today. We have a fantastic guest from years ago that we get to rekindle our friendship over this. Uh, everyone, please welcome Ben. Um, we've known Ben. How long have you known us? Uh, so I've known you, Paul, since yeah. 2000. 15? 15, 16. Uh, yeah. So about seven years. And then me and Connor have known each other for about 10, 12, 12 years. Yeah. Holy shit. I just had a reflash. So re remember last week, how, Paul, how I was talking about how I got written up for that guy that put a black dick in my hand, photoshopped it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my what God. Was that? No. I was Ben no. that did that. It was someone I knew from Texas. Yeah. 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 But I, yeah. I was the one that made the connection. I posted That's a picture. Right. Yeah, I got in trouble for that. He was like, look at you sitting on the hood of this Toyota Corolla with a black dude, dick in your hand. I, was like, I didn't do it. I just... and our, G our GM ripped me, ripped <laughs> me for that, which is funny because we had just had a conversation about talking about shrooms at the dealership. Oh, yeah. And he was super calm about that. But the the, the, the black, he was furious. No, <laughs> yeah, Brian, he loved he loved drugs. But the moment you touch a black person, he's like, oh, hold up. That's. I'm racist. No, I'm kidding. He, no, it, was he our, it was our GM. It was our, not our GS. No, it was Todd. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. I, was, I was trying. I was trying not to not to name drop. They, but yeah. They're not gonna no. know his last name. It's the two last names. The Fairweather Hunter bought a ten thousand dollar <laughs> tree stand for the winter that had. I still remember him driving in with that fucking Tacoma. Or no, it was a Tundra, and the whole Tundra bed is loaded up with this giant fake <laughs> log. That's hollow. And I was like, bro, this, this ain't going to help you get a deer if you can't get one normally. Like, oh, I hate to break it to you. Um, but anyway, so for everyone that doesn't know, obviously you wouldn't. Uh, ben and I, we've known each other. We went to school together. Um, but back then, Ben was a whole other person. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But let's start off with the usual routine. Ben, what are you drinking on, buddy? Uh, I am currently drinking on La Crema Purpura. It's a Spanish white. Uh, it's a little bit sweet but mostly dry and it has uh little to no sulfate so you don't get that weird wine aftertaste nice i'm Very drinking healthy. on a coarse latte paul what are you drinking on we got our wine connoisseur and then we got our bourbon connoisseur and of course i'm sticking with my my, my normals i'm going with smoke wagon but this is the mm. new straight rye whiskey fantastic it's a good looking um, bottle it, they're beautiful bottles it's my favorite oh you upgraded glassware look at you my glenn karen yeah um fancy oh he fancy is what we got in the comments <laughs> but anyways guys we've got a packed episode for you uh usual tangents included uh but uh, i i guess let's go ahead and roll that intro what happened was we were, we got caught up in a drunk discussion and then he burned the bacon where we talk about everything and know nothing. You know what I mean? So it's, it kind of seems like a win-win-win. Here's Gerald. Here's Gerald. <laughs> Come on, everybody, I'm dead. <laughs> Just draw a dick on it. It's not offensive. It's a dick. Everyone's got a dick nowadays. Dude, tell me more, because I don't know anything about it. Oh, a flapper's a 1920s dancer, you motherfucker. Um, got a lot of bagels. I like my bagels. Chug 30. Cheers. Salute. I mean, this shit's free, right? Monday morning. 
time on it. Discussions. And we are back. So, guys, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, this is a topic we really haven't ever touched. Uh, Paul and I, when we sat down and said, hey, let's touch drunk discussions, we were like, let's stay away from politics. Let's stay away from controversial things that involve politics, uh, religion, race, whatever you name it. Uh, but we're amassing followings on the TikTok. So, and it's it's basically been about the political world. So, uh, there's a fascinating world of campaign finance. Uh, we're going to dive into the wild, sometimes controversial world of donor dollars. Uh, ben had a few talking points you want to talk about. I had a few that uh, our AI friend made up as well. And then uh, I'm our emotional support drunk, and I'm here to drink away this conversation. There we go. Uh, your typical conversation may lead into tangents, but that's to be expected. But before we get into all that, Ben, we officially haven't caught up in over five oh. years. Oh my goodness. It's, time's you, flown by. Dude, you're a it's, whole different person. You've, you've, you came from Ohio, now you're in California, and you've lost a whole other person, dude. You look phenomenal. Thank uh, you. Give me a little rundown. Why? So why did you leave Ohio to California? And then what made you say, hey, I'm going to lose a fuck ton of weight. I, I got to know, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, um, I, I moved to California back in May of 21. I had an opportunity to move out here. Uh, I had a place to stay. And uh, prior to that, I had been visiting California, I want to say three times a year. And it was kind of a place for me to like, it was like a mental reset for me. I would go to Ohio, I'd be like drained, come to California, would like recharge my batteries and then uh, I would return and, you know, drain again. Uh, during the pandemic, I, I came in like Ju July of 2020 and I was, the recharge was superb. And I came back to Ohio and I felt like, this is gonna sound stupid, but the vibes were off, you know? Uh, so I was like, why do I keep going to this place? And then, you know, feeling like back. shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I, I kind of made it my goal to, to move out here. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then the opportunity came, I moved and I was like, you know what? This is a new start for me. This is a new chapter. I want to make the most of this. And so I told myself, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I am going to do it. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to, you know, focus on my, my, my personal well-being first and my, my physical well-being and then everything else should, you know, form, uh, form around it. I did. I mean, how, so real quick, how many, how many, how much weight did you lose? So my heaviest weight was like a beginning of April of 21. I was 418. Uh, and then my lowest weight was July of 22. I was two, like 215 and a half. You lost a whole me. Yeah, you lost me. <laughs> that is impressive. And it, it did you find like a niche diet or did you say, I'm just going to eat cleaner? What did that look like? Oh, man. Uh, it, it's just kind of like, all right, I'm going to cut out the soda. It's going to be water only. All right, now let me cut out the fried foods. And then, you know, you, you just make steps. You don't have to make a drastic life change. Uh, little steps that led me into the right direction. There was a point where I was on like a crazy diet where like, I was, you know, eating only 1800 calories a day and stuff. And then it became a goal of, okay, I've, I've reached where I want to be. Let me just maintain this. So through exercise and through diet, here we so, are. So do you think the food, like, cause I've seen your snaps over the years, obviously I see you making those delicious ass sandwiches and shit. <laughs> um, do you think the food out there is just better quality in all honesty? Or do you think we have just as good quality? We just don't know. Like the people here in the Midwest don't really give a shit to try to make food I better. 
I think there is a uh, a conscious effort in California to have like health oriented food. I feel like I don't know if you've, I I grew up in Marion, right? Mm-hmm. So it's small town Ohio, so everything's fried and like the quality isn't the best. Here there's like health there's a bunch of health food stores. I I can't think of even one between uh Marion and like Delaware City. No. No. Uh, no. And so, you know, to have those uh available to you and then also the walkability out here like i can walk to the store i can you know walk around i don't have to use my car every single day you're adding steps to your daily you know uh your everyday life these little things they might not seem like a lot but when you add them up all together it adds up to a healthier quality of life that's yeah i mean most people if they're in marion the way they lose weight is meth uh (laughs) i'm I'm glad you didn't find that uh so when i was there yeah, no, I mean, you're talking, you're walking to the grocery store, you have more opportunities to buy meth than you do actually health food. Uh, so California, right? Every, I would imagine basically every niche about California is, well, especially in the political world, is everyone's worried now that there's a lot of homeless people, there's a lot of, there, there's just poor living conditions starting to happen. And a lot of people are saying it's definitely related to the liberal agenda, if you will. Um, and sure. guys, this is something that we really haven't talked about before, um, yeah. politics. But do you, do you see that? Do you see an increased population of homeless people after the pandemic and all that? In, so in my area in particular, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm pretty far out of downtown LA. I'm about 25 miles outside of downtown. I'm still in LA County, but. Oh, so you um, got money, money. Okay. No, no, <laughs> uh, no still broke. Um, but Same. I, uh, just a happier broke. <laughs> yeah, just, a, just a happier broke. There you go. Um, I, I do see it when I go to LA, like every single, like, I think I go there probably once a month and you notice there's more tents, there's more people, um, I would say it's a combination of, uh, you know, political agenda, but at the same time, I think there's a lot more at play, especially here. I think there's a lot of people that want to be here and that causes, you know, housing rates to go up. People are fighting for jobs, which means that they can pay less. While while the state does a pretty good job at setting the bare minimum uh, pretty high, um, I don't think it's enough to survive here. Did you see an uh, uptick in crisis after silicon valley bank collapsed the tech sector essentially start collapsing a little bit not necessarily i, I so that's that's more norcal which is um, right. it's like six hours away but um oh shit i i, I get that yeah I, I didn't realize the time difference of travel like i live in southwest florida it's nine hours to go to the top of florida like people are like oh jacksonville's fucking crazy i was like yeah i don't i don't that's I, like, I don't know i guess fucking nuts yeah sure i i do have friends that i visited up in norcal though uh since like all these tech companies have been you know going to fully remote and i went one time in august of 21 and i went one time uh this past february and it's a completely different city. It really is. There's entire parts of the city that are like ghost towns apart from certain people that have no option but to really? be there. Yeah. Um, I guess crime's gotten really bad in SF. I've, I personally have not experienced it, so I can't speak on that. But it has gotten worse. Um, a lot of businesses are closing down because they used to thrive on that lunch rush from the tech companies. And so you're seeing like the tech companies used to rely on the city and the city used to rely on the tech companies. Once the tech companies left, it you know, it's a domino effect. Right. Um, 
And it kind of like, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? You know, Detroit did it with the motor industry or the automotive industry. Uh, San Francisco did it with tech. Uh, it's it's a bad bet to like bet on one industry to to be your entire livelihood. So Paul doesn't realize this, but do you believe seasonal depression is an actual thing? Absolutely. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that seasonal depression is a real thing. Paul, you don't believe that? No, see, the, the problem here is, is I thrive on winter. Like, I love the cold. I love the snow. So, like, my seasonal depression is, like, spring and fall when my allergies kick my ass. That's about it. <laughs> but that is seasonal me? depression, then. Yeah. I mean, it's not, though. It's just because, like, oh, no, my eyes are watering and I have a runny nose. But it's pretty outside. So I'm not really, I don't know. I don't get seasonal depression. I'm not saying it doesn't, it's not a thing. It's just me. I like my seasons. I like the seasons and I love that shit. Like, I'm trying to move to the mountains, honestly. Like, I want to go to, like, Montana or Idaho or something, like, for real. Going off that. So you're telling me if you live in a place that was always cold, you don't think you'd be happier? Absolutely, probably. If I moved to Alaska, I'd be a happy man. So... Could you Probably have like a, could you have like a reverse seasonal depression? Like you enjoy the cold? Yeah. And then probably yeah. the summertime, I'm like, eh. You put him down in Florida eh. and he's just depressed all the fucking time. He becomes a Florida <laughs> man. Maybe I that's what sweat. Florida man is. I would just they just sweat like the winter. You could just oh, take yeah. Florida men and move them to Alaska. Problem solved. Problem solved. What if, what if they fight the moose and they, they fight moose instead of alligators? Or they become successful. Maybe that is the key. Maybe DeSantis was onto something when he took all the immigrants and put them to Martha's Vineyard. Fuck off. <laughs> Ooh, I way, love touching politics. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened recently, but produce prices have gotten so cheap here in California. They're saying there's like extra workers or something. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. they're putting up buildings everywhere, dude. It's crazy. Which is 17 it's 18, bro. 17 18. It's nuts, man. I honestly like. I don't know where all these where all these migrants and these workers came from, but I am so grateful that our state is able to support them. You know, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is, so I've had a lot of, I'm I'm in the construction industry in Southwest Florida, right? So, okay. uh, so for all of our listeners that don't know, Senate Bill seventeen eighteen just got pushed through, and it's going into effect July first. And essentially, if you're an undocumented worker, uh, you're out. You're, it's a slap Bonzo. with a felony. You're de deported. No American citizenship. No chance to work in America ever again. So, so a lot of fucking immigrants. And mind you, our workers were documented. It's their wives. And so how does that work? Because like, don't they go for the person that's at that job? They do the documentation at that job. They don't do their family members based on what I've read. So like, why would they leave if they're legal, but their wife? or kids aren't like it's, an, it's an accessory charge is what it is so like uh, you're har you're harboring uh, an, an undocumented citizen it would be like if i yeah, it's also ahead. not that though it, it is that but it's also you got to think why are they here in the first place so they're trying to bring their family here which requires money so um to the people that i've talked to um i i asked him i was like your document why why are you leaving he was like well my wife works too but she's scared to work now because if she gets deported, I'll have to go back to Mexico to be with my wife. Like that's that's like if Lauren went back to Australia or wherever the fuck she's from, uh, and or Tennessee, uh, and, I, and I'd have to move to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to move to Tennessee. I don't want to fucking do that. Bunch of um, shit wants to kill you. Yeah. So it, they're doing it for money to bring their the rest of the family here now. 
Are undocumented workers illegal? Yes. But are they the absolute backbone to the entire country? Also, yes. The, there needs to be a healthy balance of having il il illegal they, undocumented workers. because They took our germs, though. They took our germs. <laughs> my yeah, favorite thing. Nobody wants to work. It, exactly. My favorite That's the thing, thing I think is hilarious. Is here in Southwest Florida, there's this TikToker who went to an unemployment office and he offered them jobs to work on a farm. And they, <laughs> they were like, yeah, we'll take it. And then they didn't show up. Or they worked really slow, and then at six hours in, they're like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Or if you asked him, he was like, hey, I've got a job for you. It pays 17 to $25 an hour. You're going to work on a vegetable farm, and the hours are 8, 8, uh, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. And they're like, I'm not fucking working those hours. I was like, "That's a, in my eyes, that's the best time to work in Florida. The fucking heat sucks. But you've got... You've got all of these families that are down here, and now they're just like, "I'm out, dude. I'm gone." And eighty-six point four, and this is these are these are stats. Eighty-six point four of percent of the agricultural um, labor force is immigrants. Now, immigrants versus illegal immigrants—that's a different story. I don't have those stats, but you look at eighty-six point four percent. Not all of them are documented properly. Now, a lot of people are like, "Well." You obviously haven't read the bill. You are incorrect. I have uh, 25 or more employees, right? So if you have a company that has 25 or more employees, they have to do an e-verification system. Now, typically, an e-verification system was pretty straightforward. We use it in our industry. The problem is, is it's actually pretty easy to get a document that will pass the e-verification system. The new system that they're putting out, it's a little bit more stringent uh, and it's going to cause a lot of issues. So it's words basically spread through the community that, hey, get the fuck out of here. Otherwise, you're no longer going to be allowed to be in America. So I've had crews go to, you called it, Ben, California, but I've also had crews go to Texas. Uh, so those two states are about to see an increase in labor. Good for them. Thank um, goodness. Here, Come on up here to Ohio. We need all the help we can get. But I've also seen videos that crack me up, and it's a bunch of Republicans bitching at the... Um, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the truck drivers yep. because they're, they're going on strike, not delivering food or gas to Florida. And they're like, hold up. I can't, the grocery store was empty. I'm pissed. It's because of these Democrats. I'm like, hold up, dude. Um, I love so truckers, man. You got to think about it, dude. When yeah, it comes to Florida's that's workforce, a, that's a backbone right there is trucking in nail salons, mm -hmm. hotels, grocery stores, truck drivers construction industry essentially anything that involves tourism is now gone so i'd like to give it not to the republicans because yes some of them were involved but let's uh, let's give it to desantis the man who loves tourism has officially killed it good for you bud you're you are in the stages <laughs> clap 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 you are <laughs> now in the stages of found out because you fucked around and now you're finding out <laughs> So let me let me ask you guys both these things. You're a man from Florida. We're both yeah. guys who hate Republicans too, and, and I hate both parties, but whatever. Do you think Democrat. he's gonna still just... run for president? Do you think he's gonna run for president yeah. still? Oh, absolutely. He's an egotistical narcissist. What are you talking <laughs> about? And he's gonna make I it. I hope I hope we get to like something like we find out some dark shit about him throughout this this deep dive. Because you know, every candidate has their 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 light shined on them hardcore. And I just want to be like mid-election. All of a sudden, we find out something about him. I'll love. I'll love it. It'll be great. So, 
Here, I'll give you something. And this isn't, if you're not in Florida, it doesn't impact you. But if he becomes president, it might impact you. Um, I have a house. I am a homeowner here in Florida. I am one of the lucky few 28-year-olds in the world that have a house nowadays. And I have homeowner's insurance. And my homeowner's insurance, my premiums are $4,000 a year, which isn't awful. It's still a lot. It's not awful. It's no longer $4,000 a year. It is now $12,000 a year. Excuse me? Yep. And, and you're like, why did it go up? Well, that's a great question. Why don't we ask the man who accepted $2.9 million, uh, million dollars from the insurance industry? for his campaign fund to run for president. The How same they... person that's involved with insurance regulations in yeah. the state of Florida, DeSantis. It's DeSantis. Everyone, How... welcome DeSantis. He's not, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, how do they justify it? Do they say like it's just harder to find companies to do construction or what? No, it's harder to find insurance companies that are willing to cover in Florida because um, there Very has good. been, uh, so four years ago, Actually, it was less than that. About three years ago, the assignment of benefits, uh, it's an AOB, was very prevalent and it was very rampant in the insurance world. So mm -hmm. if you don't know what AOB is, an assignment of benefits gives the entirety of your claim. So say a hurricane happens. It, ooh, sorry, it gives the entirety. Yeah, it was. It gives the entirety of the insurance claim to the person that's going to represent them, whether that be a roofing company, a public adjuster, or an attorney. Now, a roofer or a public adjuster really can't do too much on forcing the insurance company's hands. It was the attorney. So, for example, Hurricane Ian happened. I had about $35,000 worth of damage on my property. If I was to represent myself as a public adjuster, um, I could get that. Now, I couldn't. So that means I'm now hiring an attorney. And the attorney is looking at the claim saying, I can get you probably $120,000. And I'm like... But I only have $35,000 worth of damage. But if you say you can get this, fuck the insurance company. That's how, that's how I now see it. Um, and if I now see it like that, so do 2.5 million other people that were impacted by Hurricane Ian. And now you've got a bunch of these attorneys that are now suing the fuck out of the insurance companies for obscene amount of money. So some bills that were recently passed uh, basically made it so if you were to sue the insurance company, the attorney fees can no longer be added to the claim. Uh, so, mm. for example, insurance attorney, uh, uh, attorney fees are about 10%. So you have a $100,000 claim, $10,000 of that is now added onto the claim to go to the insurance company, or sorry, to go to the attorney to pay their fees. Now they just passed a bill that says, if you have $100,000 worth of damage, 90,000 is going to you, 10,000 is now going to the attorney. So now the attorney fees are coming out of the claims. Sucks because now you're losing money that could be a part of it. Um, so that's kind of an issue that I have on the insurance world. I have issues with the immigration policies put that into place and I fucking for sure have issues with the policies he's put into place for transgendered people and gay people. Um, but that's something I don't know if you, you guys want to get dollars. donor dollars. What's donor dollars? Fill me in. Well, Ben, you had a talking point you want to talk about. I have a few if you want me to take over. It's up to you, bud. Yeah. Um, so donor dollars, uh, lobbying in general is a, an um, almost American exclusive, uh, yeah. 
situation. Uh, any in any other country, it's called uh, fraud or it's called um, corruption, embezzlement. Well, that's a whole nother uh, part of it. Absolutely, like, but um, it's it's considered uh, corruption in most uh, European countries. Uh, you're not allowed to accept money as a politician from large entities, uh, businesses. Uh, only in America can you go to a politician and be like, hey, I'm going to give you money and then turn around after they take office and be like, hey, I need you to, you know, remember Ask that 50,000. I need you to make sure that these uh, restrictions or or these like Norfolk Southern uh, lobbied uh, both Republicans and Democrats on both sides. Uh, they, they gave money to Donald Trump uh, during his uh, campaign and he lowered the restrictions on chemical transport. And then uh, when Biden took office, the railway workers wanted safety. to strike for safe, yeah, for safer conditions, and Biden forced them to go back to work. Um, so, so it's not a, a Republican or a Democrat issue. It's a bipartisan issue. Uh, I mean, you, you hear the saying, you know, it's the left wing and the right wing on the same crooked bird, uh, and you, you see it in the lobbying. Um, I'll, I'll let Connery yeah. take it away because I'm sure he has some some more points. I didn't really uh, get any together, but it's it's something that's American exclusive, and I I wholeheartedly am against it. You're not you're not wrong by any means. Um, Norfolk Southern, uh, yeah, the the Biden administration screwed the pooch because he he definitely saw the need for American workers to get back into the the railroads because let's be honest, the railroad industry supports the country. Uh, so he definitely said, but "Fuck it's it to the extremely outdated too. We need to update that shit hardcore." Yeah, and that's why the railroad workers went on strike. But uh, do you guys remember uh, Mercer? Robert Mercer? Okay. Mm -hmm. So yep. back in 2016, Mercer, who is a billionaire hedge fund manager, uh, mm -hmm. pumped millions into the Donald Trump campaign. Uh, but the Mercer's donation, the actual size of it, wasn't really the reason why people are raising eyebrows. It was because of his connection to Cambridge Atlantica, the data analysis firm who's accused of harvesting Facebook data to influence voters. And now we all know, just recently, Facebook had to pay out 700 and what was it? $780 billion or million dollars? Seven, million. Yeah, 784. Uh, I think it was, was it, was it million? Yeah, it was yeah, a million. It was yeah, dollars yeah. because if we they... were in billion, that was going to be the largest suit of all time. Because I'm pretty sure yeah. Volkswagen was only five billion for theirs for their EPA violations. Wait, oh, that was a good time. I remember we were in the car business when I <laughs> came through. Yeah. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, another one's the Conch brothers, uh, Charles and David, infamous for their vast contributions to conservative causes and candidates. Their influence <laughs> is so widespread that it sparked a discussion about the role of money in politics. Some people believe that such a massive donation undermined the democratic process, allowing a small number of wealthy individuals to wield disproportionate influence. Um, that one, uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically what I have on those two. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, guys. We barely prepare. We do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, going off of uh, Mr. Mercer, uh, he not only was he uh, questioned for his contributions to Donald Trump. But I think he donated like 11 million to the what was that pack the super pack that uh, backed Cruz? Ah, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but he donated uh, 11 million to the super PAC that uh, that make America oh uh, make America uh, number one. That's what it was. What again? Uh, America first is that that one? It was America uh, first, wasn't it? Oh, uh, I thought it was. Uh, no, I'm, I'm hold on one second. 
Yeah, while he's looking that up, uh, 15.5 million went to Trump's campaign in 2016. Uh, the thing is, in- is it's not it's not like it's a one side thing. Like obviously, no, Democrats no. are also getting money and funding from lobbies, so it's a both both party problem. Yeah, I well, mean, you have. In 2008, there was Norman uh, Hsu, a major Democratic fundraiser. He was accused of running the Ponzi scheme, uh, and it ultimately led to his conve- uh, conviction. Despite donating large sums to various Democratic campaigns, including Hillary Clinton's, the controversy tarnished the campaign's association with him. But uh, let's see. It was revealed he was running a Ponzi scheme. He was convicted of grand theft, fraud, and violating campaign finances laws in 2009. Um, but all party. Uh, Looking at the actual people that are accepting the money, that's a different story, too. I mean, you've got, yeah, you've got people that donate money. They may be shitty, really shitty fucking people. But the people that are saying, okay, I'm going to allow, I don't think it's as easy as hopping on PayPal and saying, hey, I'm going to tip this guy $15.5 million because I want him to run. I, I'm pretty sure there's a process it's that's politics, involved. man. So there's all you scratch my back, I scratch yours. That's the whole bullshit of it. No matter who it is and who's in office, no matter what, there's always someone else that wants something, and they're like, "Hey, remember that time?" It, it's just politics. It's yeah. it's na- it's snaky. I hate that shit. So a lot of them will uh will, won't donate the money directly because obviously that's you know you could point the finger directly at them. Uh, what they'll do is they create uh, political action committees, right? PACs or super PACs, uh, and these these groups uh, they'll they'll take the money from you know. So I mean, one person donating fifteen million is is a you know a rare occurrence, but I'm sure you can find several people to donate a half million dollars. You get you know forty wealthy individuals to donate a half million, or eighty mil- eighty uh, rich individuals to donate a half million. That's twenty or forty million dollars. Uh, and it's not, you know, uh, a rare occurrence. Some of the largest uh, institutions are doing it. I mean, I have the top 10 right here. If you, if you want me, if it'd be cool Let's if I hear went it. through them. Let's yeah. hear them. Uh, number 10 is the NCTA, the Internet Television Association. Um, during uh, during the last political cycle, they donated 15.46 uh, million. Uh, business Roundtable was number nine at 17 million. Um Amazon, so Amazon has their own uh, political action committee, and they donated about eighteen million. It's hey, listen, Daddy Bezos, man, what a guy! He gets everything he wants. Bezos, Uh, he looks good now. I give him that for still being bald. I thought with the amount of billions he has, he could at least fix his baldness. He He looks good. He could at least go to Turkey and get a hair transplant. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they uh, so with uh. With Amazon donating that 18 uh, million, they had no trouble getting the CARES Act uh, passed, which, I mean, they received a ton of government funding because of it throughout, throughout the pandemic. And that's one thing you'll see is they, within one election cycle, they'll get that money back twofold, threefold, fivefold, even tenfold. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, during 2000, uh, during the 2000 and 2001, uh, KBR and Halliburton donated a ton of money to, um, politicians and they won a ton of government contracts that nobody had seen a company uh donate that much money it was it was in the nine figures and they and because of it they received uh billions of dollars in government contracts to go to the, the iraq war um uh, you know you you saw all these politicians talking about how war is imminent you know they, they lobbied for war they we need we have to have this war and they turned around and they were you know oh it's cost it's the cost of the materials plus percentage the more they spend on the materials, the more they make. 
Um, you know, and, and the, America has no problem. Politicians have no problem voting for these uh, systems when these guys are making sure that they stay in power. These people are p- power hungry and they'll do whatever it takes to stay in power. Well, it's um, easy for them to line their pockets if they have control over the people that are in power. Here's something interesting. Who do you think is number seven on this list? BlackRock. Oh, that would be nuts. Uh, no, they do it in a little bit of a shiftier way. They, they use the companies that they own to lobby uh, politicians, which they own pretty much any major corporation. They have at least, what, one to, one to 7% of any major corporation. Yeah. Um, but it was the American Medical Association. You know, really? you, when you think of medicine, uh, you wouldn't think lobbying. of a... Yeah, you wouldn't think of lobbying, but it's, it's crazy. They, uh, and they, they made their money back, right? 19, $19.27 million. You look at, you, you look at, uh, during the pandemic, how much they received in, in government funding for a vaccine. It's, it's absolutely nuts. And, and, and I was going to say 80% of that is from what insulin. <laughs> oh, dude, probably. Um, they, uh, oh, that's a whole nother subject. Um, uh, the, the thing that's crazy is right. So like just shy of 20 million, in in a four year cycle, you could you could see a return of, like take twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. How much do you think that the the medical industry received, uh, for COVID? Just take your billions. best guess. Billions. It's in the billions. It's got to be in the billions. Probably like Throw, one put and a half. number on it. I'm gonna one say twenty five billion. No. Twenty five billion. I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna go high. Twenty five. Probably one and a half billion. One and a half billion. Twenty five billion. Both of you are so low. Uh, the amount the amount total is one hundred forty three billion dollars was dispersed according to the GAO and the HHS. Um, what? That's yeah, it. That, I know pennies, pennies, pennies. Uh, yeah, yeah. But imagine this: if 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 you could, so let's let's dumb the numbers down, right? If I told you you could donate twenty thousand dollars and you would receive one hundred forty three million dollars in returns, would you do I'd pull it? So many lines of credit. Oh my gosh! Like, take it all. Take it all. Exactly. Put so my house in the market. You you have what are these, the poor people doing today? You have these entities, right? Like the the military industrial complex, which which thrives on um, war, and you have yep. the medical industry that thrives on pandemics. You have these systems in place that benefit from uh, you know chaos. So they if they can manufacture chaos, they're gonna do it, and and that's that's the root of the problem. Uh, I'm looking at the Democratic side. There's a report from Issue One, a Washington-based good government group. Uh, it analyzed a finance group uh, compiled by the Nine Potterson. Sorry, I'm a little tipsy. Uh, nonpartisan research group, Center for Response Politics. It found that 12 mega donors accounted for 7.5 percent of the $45 billion donated to federal political campaigns between January 2009 and December 2020. Now those are Seven and a half percent. I do feel like that's quite low considering you just dropped that number. Uh, the combined contribution of these don- donors was $3.4 billion, uh, a substantial amount in the context of federal election spending. The high level of influence by a small group of wealthy donors uh, has definitely raised the concern um, about the state of democracy and the role in politics when it comes to money. Prime example of this uh, again, is 2020. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. It's a form of a de- 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 diplomatic, you know, de- democratic system, but it's not a democracy. We are question, not. Question for you. Uh, that, that 7 billion, is that in one election cycle? Uh, no, it was 7.5% no, yeah. of 45 billion. Okay. Uh, from 2009 yeah. to 2020, December 2020. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, this is. I think this was just the the most recent election cycle. So I'm not sure if uh, if this uh, is reflective of the previous election cycle, uh, similar similar amounts. Uh, but I'm sure that there's similar. I mean, donors probably are pretty consistent. I mean, they've probably seen returns and they keep donating. You know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, number six. If you had to guess who it was, do you, I'm gonna give you a hint. It's tech. It's not Amazon. Tech. We just we just said them. It's tech. Google. No, Google's probably higher. You think so? Yeah, Microsoft maybe. Tech Norton social, Security. I don't know. Social media. Oh, Norton's a, social uh, media. Oh, shit. Is it Facebook? It yeah, is Facebook. Almost nineteen point seven million. That makes sense, especially with how much they were involved with the TikTok um, yeah. ban. Well, that's <laughs> most. That makes sense though. I mean, Even though, the, have you read that? It's absurd. We went over it in one of our TikTok or one of our posts or our podcasts. We talked about that bill. It's absurd. It doesn't even mention TikTok. No, it doesn't. The the goal is internet censorship. Yeah. And yet you have Facebook who has like Instagram and Snapchat and all these other ones. And you have YouTube and WhatsApp, all of them like trying to make TikTok the scapegoat in a sense. And it's like, guys, they're not coming for just TikTok. It's for all of you fuckers. You need to calm down. We're coming for you, you fuckers. That's how they get you. It's and it's crazy how you see these direct correlations between the donors and the problems we see in our society, right? Um, number five, I was kind of stunned at because it's one entity, and I I was just kind of like in awe that they donated more than the American Medical Association. And it's one person or one company? One company. One company. If you say Walmart, I'm gonna lose my shit. No, it's so they're medical related. Uh, okay. It's blue. Blue Cross Blue Shield. Oh, insurance oh. company. Okay. You know, health insurance premiums go up every single year. The quality mm-hmm. of healthcare has gone. I mean, I remember when when we were working on, in the car business, it wasn't hard for me to 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 see a doctor. I could see them. Uh, I would I would talk to my doctor for a significant amount of time, 15, 20 minutes. I my doctor sees me now for like maybe 60 seconds. Okay, oh, these are your symptoms. Okay, this is what we're going to do. All right, thank you. Bye. It, like it's it's well, not I mean, how even look when we were both, because we both worked in the medical sales industry for a little bit, a little chunk mm-hmm. of sliver of time. And the t- amount of times that I would talk with a doctor and, you know, they'd be like, okay, I'd show them, you know, some, a, a new form to graph Coumadin and Warfarin and stuff like this. And it's like, normally we'd have lunches and make a whole ordeal about it. And you're like, yeah. you want to die in them. But obviously legislation stopped us from doing that. And it put an ax on that. Then it was like, all right, you got like 30 seconds of my time. Like, win me over now. And it, I, I hated that. I hated, like, I'm not trying to win you over. This is for the better shit, like, the better bettering of your patients. Just, yeah. like, read the brochure, you douchebag. It was nuts. I, I, you know, I completely forgot that we, that we were medical. <laughs> I completely forgot that we were, we were medical reps. I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's been a I while. Did it, I, I did it for a hot second, yeah. Um, uh, and I, rem- I remember we were like, oh, this can save the patient's money. And uh, it's a better way, like uh, like uh, using uh, a nebulizer to uh, inspire uh, medication, right? It's a yeah. way more effective way than like an inhaler. Yeah. Uh, it, it's way more effective. It just pays out less. And so we had such a problem convincing doctors yep. that this that their patients needed this. And I was like, I was mind boggled when I when I got into that field because I was like. This is good for the patient. Why doesn't a doctor want to do this? Oh, it's a and blows that- my mind. And I think the worst one is is yeah. when you would go into an office, and this one I'll never forget. Like a doctor goes to school on what average? It's like six to ten years, right? I think mm-hmm. you have to be in between there to get your doctorate. 
I had more than once, like at least three times, where I would go in and I'd explain this PLC program to control and track the Kuminin and Warfarin patients that you have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is impressive. You can see it, you can, you can track them, you can see how much, and then you have to dose. It's easy for you, it's easy for them. And then he looks right at me, he's like, so then how much do I dose my patient? I was like, bitch, I didn't go to school for 10 years, I'm just explaining the fucking PLC to you. Your job <laughs> is to dose them, not mine! <laughs> over my fucking head. So you guys keep talking about what you're going to talk about. I broke my seal. I'm going to continue breaking said seal. Are you going to go pee? You have to pee. I have to piss. Yeah. I have to pee. Okay. Well, good. have a, have a good you one. Guys keep, you Drain guys your one-eyed Leviathan. That. Oh. When, when I think of the medical, like our just at least my experience. I don't. I'm sure that yours was similar. I, I thought about like all these. Like one time, I had a patient that needed a ventilator so badly, she was going to die if she didn't get a ventilator. But the, uh, the BiPAP, I, I guess in her situation, the BiPAP paid more. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, no, we need to keep her on a BiPAP. And I was like, are you oh kidding me? Goodness. No, yeah, dude, hap- seriously. No, it happens all the time. And you're sitting there. And I think the worst one is when you, you go in and you've dealt, probably dealt with this, the paperwork lineage, like the line that you have to follow. Oh, and my Approval gosh. from the doctor in order for the insurance company to grant you know, that ventilator or that CPAP or that BiPAP, like, oh, you have to do a night, you know, a virtual oxygen, you have to do a night study, but then mm-hmm. you do that night study, your insurance doesn't cover that. So they have to pay out of pocket. Out of pocket. And it's like, guys, this is, a, this is a bullshit. It's a loop around. And I, I mean, it's it just fucking jerking you off the whole time. It was nuts. I, I, I remember, um, there was two instances where I had to go to a, a person's house and be like, Hey, your, your health insurance which they've been paying for for decades has denied you your, you know, this, this life-saving treatment. And I, and I just remember like one time looking, uh, this, uh, this lady's son in the eyes and telling him that, and just like tears burnt, like running down his face, like, and he goes, what are we paying insurance for? And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, 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 I wasn't even ready for that. When, 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 he, when they told me, when he said that to me, I just, just something there like, what we, are you paying? You know, what are you paying for this health insurance for? It it blew my mind because there was worse, and I'll never forget this. This man, his name was Roy Leroy, and uh, he had um, a tracheotomy done, and you know he has the fucking little tube yeah. that goes in and the, and then, you know the talking machine and shit. Nice guy was an ex vet. You know, it was a veteran. Did it? You know, super cool dude. Like could play the fucking blues on a guitar. Awesome guy, and. Mm-hmm. This man was on a on a, a piece like a, a in, internal ventilator for years, and it broke, and he needed a new one. So he filed, came into us, redid the study with his doctor, and you know he was completely covered through Medicare and the VA. Well, they wanted a new study done so he could get this brand new ventilator because their their dis- definition was it's no longer an invasive one; it's an exvasive because it's k- hicking up to his like his tube. Yeah. These fuckers, these fuckers straight up denied him because of one of the tests that they did wasn't wasn't thorough enough and they wanted him to redo it. But then his insurance didn't cover it, and neither did VA. So he had to pay like 20 grand out of pocket in order to get this testing done. Like, did are you, you kidding me? This is an ex-vet. This is a dude that's on his deathbed and lying from a, a fucking ventilator and his mm. broke. And you're just like, sorry, guys, we can't give you a new one. Did you see today? Um uh, it was either today or yesterday. They, oh, I'm back. Hey, uh, Hi, how are you? Uh, doing good. You? Good uh, Solid flow, dude. I I can't believe. I think I might be diabetic for how many bubbles there are. I is that a thing? Did you taste it? 
sweet. <laughs> no, it, that's but that's a real thing. If, if you taste it and it's sweet, that means that the sugar isn't being uh, broken down in your body and you I, are diabetic. I heard or at you least insulin resistant. Do I have to taste it, or can somebody else taste it? I mean, he you could give it. You could give it to Lauren if you want to. <laughs> I think I need Bear Grylls to taste my pee. He's an expert on it. But anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, VA. Did you see that uh, because of the debt ceiling? What, there was a walkout from the Republicans because they're saying uh, Biden won't cave in to uh, cutting VA benefits. Uh, so they're that's like, sure. they're for the, the party wait, wait, that wait, wait, loves wait. and backs them, that's annoying. Shortly after, people that have been receiving VA disability said, hey, you probably won't get a check this month. That's nuts. People that's that, nuts. And, and what's worse yet, and, this, and I was hearing this from an influencer, which, hey... I'm one now, but anyways, uh, <laughs> so he was like, he, he was like, I can't accept money from TikTok because if I'm shown that I'm having an external source of money coming in, the, uh, the VA disability will go ahead and just disappear. I'll lose money, my living money from taking in any other source of revenue. And he was like, but then I receive a fucking email this month that says i'm not going to be receiving my va disability check this month or there's a chance of it because uh and quote unquote and this guy's a republican who's super pissed about it right now he's like i I received it from the republican party a committee that i follow they're like hey there's a chance we're not going to receive it because the democrats aren't being nice to us there and i'm like you've got to be blowing my fucking mind you managed to convince you you managed to convince fucking children and looking back, 18 years old, you're a fucking child. You managed to convince yeah. children to go to war or not even to go to war, not knowing, you know, who we know, Paul, that are veterans like yourself. They're cleaning fucking toilets. They're cleaning the bridge. They're not really doing anything. And next thing you know, a bomb goes off and they have to be on disability. And now they can't fucking, all their friends are fucking killing themselves because they don't know what to do. They, they're on I've disability. Lost sick. I've lost six in four years. This guy said suicide. This guy said, I've lost so many friends that I don't even remember how many I've lost. Yeah. It's ridiculous, dude. Speaking of, uh, you know, of the, the military industrial complex, if you had to guess how much, uh, the, the top five companies, which are Lockheed Martin, Boeing, general dynamics, Raytheon and Northrop Gunham last five years, 26 or no, from 2016 to 2021, how much do you think, those five companies have give have given uh, to politicians and political action committees in lobbying. Uh, so if six, yeah, I was going to say you're no more than that probably because if the Two, six person was was it did you, was, did you get it? No, no, you said you said uh, in quarter five companies, of a quarter of a trillion, five companies, five years, 2016 to 21. You said quarter quarter trillion. What do you say, Paul? Saying, Is it bad that I still want to go higher? I want to go higher. I'm, I'm, it's up I'm to a, you. It's yeah. It's a free seven, country, man. Seven hundred and fifty billion. I don't know. Ooh, Paul went just over. Just over. Se- I don't know seven, why I'm about that. <laughs> se- well, seven hundred, uh, just shy of seven hundred and five billion dollars in just five years. And and you know, speaking of, speaking of war and stuff, and and you know, we we see what's going on in uh, in Ukraine, and they're they're just dumping money. You know, I think the last one they they sent over a hundred and. 30 billion or 113 billion i forget which one yeah. it is it's over 100 over 100 billion dollars worth of arms right um 
you want to cut, you know, VA benefits. They want to cut Social Security. These are smaller fish. I, I don't know if you know this, but the Social Security um, program is less than $20 billion, right? And they want to make cuts to it. The VA is a fraction of, of, of $100 billion, right? And they want, to, they want to make cuts to it. Why not make cuts? You know, why, why are we sending our money over there to, to, to fight these wars that, it, that, that doesn't influence us exactly it, it doesn't make sense to me at least i don't know about you guys that that we're you know we have a hundred billion over a hundred billion to give to these guys but oh um you know uh john john smith that fought fought for this country uh can't you know get the right. the mental health care that he needs to to you know make sure that he sees, he sees another day or the va benefits to make sure that he can have a roof over his head he fought for this country I mean, I agree. Mm-hmm. And you'd think after a you know a party that backed you know we support you know red, white, and blue, so patriotic that they would at least back the VA. Like they shouldn't make cuts to something that small because they always are like, oh, you're a dickhead, you don't stand for the flag. Oh, you're a dickhead because you're not supporting our veterans, motherfucker. At least help the VA, like help them. It literally took my uncle eight months to get a scheduled appointment through the VA or six months still. Like, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous, man. Like, you shouldn't, if you're a vet and you have a speci- specific doctor and you're through the VA, it shouldn't take you that long to get, get in and see them. That's absolutely yeah. absurd. Yeah. My it, step-grandfather suffers from Crohn's, and he said, he's, he, I think, I think he, out of, like, what, it's 26 feet is the length of your intestines? He's rocking, off, like, one and a half feet now. Oh. He's had that much cut out. Dude's skinny as hell uh, because nothing processes a camp. Uh, but anyways, this guy had to wait a year and a half to get seen by the that's VA ridiculous. because of that's everything that's going. And he lives in Albuquerque. Well, he, he used to, but uh, he said the Albuquerque VA was probably the fastest out of the other states that he's lived in. Um, yeah, so you're not even seen that, that very like that long. It's like, all right, you're in. Bada bing, bada boom. Here's your fault. Here's your test. I read them. You're good. Get out. Like, no, dude, they want to have someone that they can like, hey, I'm having these problems or, hey, this medication isn't working or I'm still in pain. They need to have in-depth conversations with these doctors and they're just over, they're understaffed and underpaid at this point for the, all you of think, them. Do you think $1 billion, which is, we, you and I, all three of us right now, if we were together, $1 billion sat on the table, on a table in front of us, we still couldn't imagine that, right? We no, couldn't. No way. Do you think so, $1 billion is enough to fund research into what explosions and constant gunshots and seeing somebody die in front of you because you're the one that killed them, you pulled the trigger and their brain matters all over the place? Yeah, PTSD. Think, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's enough to go into funding for research on the psychological effects that could go into what people experience and, and, and then justify We've done that? We have that. We have, we have studies on. Uh, PTSD effects from multiple wars, not just this recent Iraqi and Afghanistan war and those for the studies, war on terror. Obviously, the aren't worst to one justify mental health care for VAs. believe it or not, the worst one that ha- affected most men when they came back and they completely changed their not just their their attitude but their persona was everyone returning from Korea. Really, more people that had the highest amount of PTSD was from, from people that returned from Korea, and that's. The boomer war, you know, those are the people that came back and no offense, they weren't the greatest fathers. You know, they didn't want to be there. <laughs> they didn't want to be involved. It, it is what it is. They saw some shit, man. Like Korea was a bloody uh, conflict is what we call it now. It's not even a war, it, which is annoying because during the time it was a war. But now Vietnam and Korea, they consider a conflict. 
So that took a lot of emotional toll on these guys that came back and, you know, they they got out of high school, they went straight to war, they did their time, they came back, and they feel like they missed a lot. And it's not just then, it's every war. You go, you do your serve, you do your time, you see some shit, you come back, and everything seems different. And they do the studies on them psychologically. We've done studies with them taking psychedelics now. Uh, Colorado is a big factor. University of Colorado actually did a study where they took uh, multi-generational uh, people with PTSD from World War One, World War Two. Or not World War One, One World War Two, uh, Vietnam, Korea, uh, Desert Storm, and the War on Terror, uh, and they did a study with you know psychedelics and how it would affect them. And every it was it was what was it, it was like eighty nine or not, it was just shy of ninety percent of the people that were involved in it said that that has drastically changed their life forever, and that they no longer have night terrors or that they you know their entire emotion or persona of life has changed. It's a reset. So I mean. That's and that's a small, small school in the grand scheme of, you know, the NCAA or in schools in general, like Colorado. You know, you, you most people didn't even know who it was until they're like, oh, prime time's the coach there now. I'm gonna be a fan. <laughs> Shout out. Have you seen the man. world's greatest uh, beer run with Zach Efron? With Zach Efron? Wait, what? It's called the. I think it's like the world's greatest beer run. Lauren and I watched. It, oh man. yes, where he went to Vietnam and brought beer to him. Dude, that movie right there, and and then at Cheers the end, Zach where he the, acts as where he acts as a CIA agent. Is that the yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, phenomenal fucking movie, and I and I honestly like, you know, I I think yeah, Lauren's dad's a a vet of uh, Vietnam, and. I saw something that they're like, hey, go ahead and just say, hey, welcome home to him. And that will spark up a conversation that kind of like cools him down. I said that to him. And the conversations I had with that man were profound. And then I saw that movie and I was like, oh, fuck. My dad was spit on. I saw the video, like the actual footage that was taken of this guy while he was over there. And like the he was like, yeah, this entire movie was based on actual events like maybe a little, a little bit exaggerated on like his process of getting to point A to point B, but everything happened. And I'm like, yeah. holy fuck. Didn't realize that. Oh, Vietnam was, yeah. I, I, I have multiple friends of my father's and then, you know, family members that served in Vietnam. And it is, that's no joke. That's real war. Like, you know, those are, we, we think of Afghanistan. It's like guerrilla tactics. Vietnam was the epitome of guerrilla tactics. You didn't see who the fuck you were shooting at Connery. Could you imagine just like you're on a you're on a convoy or you're on your your patrol with your guys, you're going through the woods and then you're just getting shot at. You can't see where it's even coming from. It's a whole different level of, of warfare. You not even know who you're shooting at. Or if you do try to get to the, you know, make ground and move to the area of where they're at, they're in tunnels and gone already. So like it's, it was a whole different warfare compared to what we were used to. I'm going to have to pick my buddy's brain um, about the podcast he was listening to. I was in the car with him, and he was like, he's 73 years old. I don't know what war he was a part of, but he said... 73 he'd be, is Vietnam era, because my dad was passed away at 74 no, Joey Diaz. in Vietnam. Joey Diaz was born <laughs> in 73. The guy that... I, and I was like, oh, this guy sounds a lot like Joey, Joey Diaz. And he was like, oh, no, he's like 10 years older or something like that. But uh, he was like, during the interview, it was a multi-part segment on the podcast, like five or six episodes. Uh, This guy was on there talking, and he was like, yeah, the bullets, I didn't know it was bullets. I thought it was bees buzzing by my head, and I started freaking out because I'm fucking allergic to bees, is what he was saying. And he was like, those aren't bees. Fucking hit the deck. Those are bullets. 
Yeah. And he was like, he was like, I didn't fucking know. I couldn't see that people were firing at me. He's like, bullets were flying at me. I, he was like, I thought it was fucking bees. And I was like, imagine, I'm allergic to fucking bees. Imagine me. Bees, shot at, bees, like, bees, bees. <laughs> I don't have my EpiPen on me. <laughs> I just think of Tommy Boy. All right, just get out and start yelling. <laughs> he was definitely a New Yorker. No, he had he had the fucking Joey Diaz accent to him, and he sounded like a fucking thug. Uh, but man, what a I, I have to I have to figure out what that was. But but regardless, in in, in general, right. war is just an ugly thing to for anyone to go through. Um, so I mean, I see both sides. I see where people are like, we have to go over there because people are in in problems. It's like I get that, but like we've done that enough. Like yeah. we shouldn't have been in Korea. We were. We shouldn't have been in Vietnam. We were. We shouldn't have been in Desert Storm. We were. We shouldn't have been in Afghanistan. In this shit, but we were, and we were all under the flag of we're doing it for better and doing it for people but even then at the end of the day like i have vid uh, stories of buddies that would like go out in the streets when they were in you know bagram and playing soccer with these guys these kids you know playing soccer out in the streets getting to know them getting to know their name and yeah. then you know weeks later they're the ones running in with a fucking grenade strapped to them or you know it, it's that's something that's traumatically you know, you, you can't imagine that. None of us have gone through that. Like, you imagine making a friend with a 13-year-old, and then two weeks later, he's trying to kill you. That, like, that's something that you can't fathom unless you're in that situation. I think yeah, that's what that's... they call fatherhood at this point. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, lighten the mood. Uh, I've got a question for you, Ben. And I got an answer for you. So now that you've lived in California for two years, away from Ohio, you have a point of view now that you can think about <laughs> Ohioans and judge them. And you, you could be walking down the street and be like, that fucker's from Ohio, right? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I met a couple, I was, uh, I was at Newport Beach uh, like two months ago and I was playing pool at like one of the, one of the pool halls down there. And uh, I saw these guys and I was like, there's no way. Like they just, I just looked at them and the way they were talking and I was like, they're Midwestern as fuck. They, not even. I was like, I was like, these guys are either from Columbus or Cleveland. I Holy was shit, like, specific. <laughs> I was like, I was like, these guys are either from Central Ohio or Northeast Ohio. And uh, and so I, I played a game with them and I was talking to them, and uh, one of them uh, like scratched and he uh, like shot the cue ball over the off off the like rails, and he goes, oh. And I was like, mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> give me like, right. Columbus I was like, or Cleveland. I was like, I was like. I was like Hey man, weird question. Uh, you guys aren't from California, are you? He goes, no. I was like, I was like, Midwest. He goes, yeah, Ohio. And I was like, where oh, at in Ohio? Yeah, there, uh, just, uh, just north of Ak northwest of Akron, in a city called Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, and I was like, I was like, yep. And he's like, how'd you know? And I was like, I, I spent like a decade and a half in Ohio. I, I, you know, you know, an Ohioan when you see him. Uh, I've had a couple situations like that. Um. Uh, it's it's funny because like people people out here it sounds crazy but you kind of like stick with who you you know you, you yeah. who knows your your style. So of... that being said, you said you you could hear it. So is it true then? Because like obviously most of us here yeah. in Ohio we we're like we don't have an accent. Do we have an accent, Ben? Yeah, you do. Oh man, uh, it's it's not heavy, but there you can tell when someone at least from the Midwest. Um, the, but like Ohio, you have to have a trained. It's, I have you know a trained ear. I'm a I'm a connoisseur of the Ohio he's, accent, so I, I know I, I know it when I hear it. Um, it it's not like heavy, but it, but it's there, you know. What's uh, uh so? 
do you i live in florida which means i definitely have some florida man stories i've seen some florida man shit is you there are what, a you, florida man now fuck off i i've i've ridden an alligator i've killed him i've not you done go fishing you, you, yeah, you survived a hurricane and did hurricane did you, parties no it wasn't with a your newborn child it <laughs> wasn't a hurricane it was did you lose a hand it was the hardest hurricane in the to ever hit the country, Jeez. and I stayed during it because I'm a dumbass. With you understand, my Ben, that I was on the phone with this man. He's like, "No, we're not leaving," and I yelled at him. I yelled at this man on the phone. I said, "How dare you stay down there? And you have a child that's not even like four months old. Like, one month, one, one month yeah, old. like one month old." I was like, "You need, <laughs> you need to get the fuck out of that state." And he did not. You know, I know it's it's not that I, I I could. It's gas was out and traffic. You couldn't get out of where I was living. I was like I would panic. I was like, here's, there's no way I can go. Here's why I believe Connery stayed. Like if you told me Connery stayed during the worst hurricane in Florida's history, I'd be like, I wholeheartedly believe that because I remember in the car business, Connery bout near pooped himself. I don't no, remember he this. He did, he shit himself. I already know where this, you're getting that. <laughs> this man went on to sell two cars that day. Threw them that underwear in the toy. Listen, you can say what you want about this man. This man, first and foremost, is a breadwinner. Okay, this man gets the job done. I would, if I was, if I had a company and Connery was like, "Hey, I need a job," I wouldn't even interview. Hired. Him. He's yeah, hired. Hired. This man yes. gets the job done. I'm sure if if you you working in in a just or correct me if I'm wrong, you work in roofing, correct? No. Marketing in the Marketing. in the roofing industry. Yeah. My apologies. Very no, good. If if it, mid mid hurricane, eye the storm, I could see this. If you told me this man went out and knocked on doors and offered estimates, I'd believe you. Uh, I didn't knock on doors. I texted my neighbors. I was like, "Hey, how, how's your roof doing?" He's, he's, over, he's over there, air dropping to his neighbors. He's like, "We we do instant quotes." <laughs> I wholeheartedly believe. Listen, he gets the job done. He's got the American spirit. All right. We'll go going back. We'll end it on this. I need to know. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to expose that. What is fucking hilarious? What? Is, yeah, the shit. I I had to cut off my underwear. No, we've talked about it. This man has <sighs> shit himself in in the car industry three times in front of me. Three times he has pooped. It's impressive. Including <laughs> one time where he ate a burrito and then chugged a whole gallon of water and had to go to the hospital and then that shit burrito. three days straight. <laughs> that burrito was called the Big OH and it was a from five Victor's pound... Tacos. From Victor's Tacos. I've had yes. it. God, dog, that's a big burrito. It was a five pound burrito, but shout it was also Victor. during my time. Shout I was drinking water. And, and, and people call me the fish because I can chug. And I don't mean to. It's like a chug for most people is a few sips. A few sips for me is a half a bottle, right? Mm. So anyways, I ate, I, I ate that entire fucking burrito, but I also drank a gallon of water on top of it. And mind you, 75% of that burrito is rice. To give you yeah. an idea, before this man ate it, before this man ate this burrito, he put it in his arms like a child and went like this. So like it's full on arm. Like I've, had, a, I've had the big Ohio burrito. I have to split it. That's like even when I was fat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, plus sized. Got to Got to be PC here. Yeah. Yeah. Got to um, be PC. Oh, start on. Listen. Listen. California is a really interesting place. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, we'll again, for damn uh, sure, because we have so many questions. I gotta uh, know about California man. Is there such thing as a California man? There is, but I can't describe him without identifying an ethnic group. There is an ethnic group that the California man belongs to. Really. His socks are high. 
and he talks like this. Oh and he's, no. He's like he's like, Where you from, fucker? Um <laughs> anyway. You just did it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, if you're assuming, if you're assuming what Ben just said, guys, you're, you're racist. racist. You're racist. <laughs> anyway. Um no, I dude, the big Ohio burrito. I was that what we were talking about? The big Ohio burrito yes. is massive. I, I remember massive. being I remember being fat as fuck, and I was like, I can't finish this. This is not. I'd split it with. I had a friend named Kiana. We would buy one and we would split it because it was just like nuts, dude. And then they ladle on that sauce. That sauce. Dude, you you could have that that burrito for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Throw okay, a couple eggs on it in the morning. That's I, why the LGBTQ myself. They love you, Connery, because they just imagine you slurping this thing down. Like you ate it with no problem. When I mean this man could probably be in a, a food eating competition. I'd willing to bet my paycheck on it. He could do and be like successful easily. You'd probably practice for three days and you're end up beating fucking what's his name in the hot dog competition. Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut ain't got shit on you, bro. I guarantee it. Uh, all right. Well, let's call him out. If you guys want me to eat, I'll fucking eat. We can have a hot dog eating contest. I'll go to Costco right right, now. Grab some of those drinks. Hear me out. We open an OnlyFans. And all it is is just you eating glizzies, like just straight up glizzies the whole time. I, I would, I would pay to see that. I really I, call, me, call me the weenie Houdini, dude. I'm gonna. Fuck <laughs> you don't even see uh, those dogs go down. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I would like to see. You guys know who Big Chugs is? Yeah, I know like, Big Chugs. That guy, I would love to yeah. see Connery and Big Chugs go up gallon of water. Who downs it faster? It's hat, bub. Uh, I'll fucking chug that bitch. Oh. That won't even be a chug. I'll just open it up. I'll just TikTok influencer chug off. You've been called out. We're about to snip <laughs> this and put this on TikTok, bitch. <laughs> Jesus. All right, guys, gals, theys, and thems. Thank you so much for listening to Drunk Scotch and Podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it to your friends. You guys can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, be sure to check out our merch, guys. We drop it uh, something new every month or two. I don't know. Uh, this was we're dropping a G string next month. Yeah. We actually have those up. Uh, it's Baby Yoda right on the crack, which isn't saying much because it's the size of a strain. But, uh, guys, we thank you so much for listening to Jackson's Podcast. With that being said, peace. Peace.